0: Richard Nixon was a criminal president who tried to undermine the very basis of our democracy, the electoral system. And then you have Donald Trump, who also tried to undermine the electoral system, but went farther. He staged a coup to prevent the peaceful transfer of power to the duly elected successor, Joe Biden, who was elected fairly and freely.
1: And then we have in this coup attempt, the first seditious, president of the united states we have the first one but maybe not the last carl bernstein thank you for mentioning that sir
2: well i don't know
1: why i came here tonight that's why i came here i got the feeling there's something right no it ain't i'm so scared in case i fall off my chair Yep. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. Also in California on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, Eugene's KEPW. Lancaster, Pennsylvania's WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN in Palinville, New York on WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ, down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ and Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's, AM 950, KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and round the globe every day on the Internet. It's on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com. Thanks for covering for us last week, Nicole. Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, Detour Talk, and all your favorite podcast sites, Blanketing Planet Earth, five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman. Your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me from Bradblog.com. Still fighting every damn day. As we have for nearly 20 years now to protect what is left of your democracy. We are actually fighting for democracy on this program. Other, uh, unlike other shows you might have heard. Oh, I don't know, just before me right here on KPFK, the Tokyo Rose Hour. By the way, I, I you know, I don't know if uh, if I was working and literally being paid by state-sponsored media, Russian state-sponsored media. Uh, Two hours a day, five days a week. I would think that would be worth disclosing on the air before I came on, uh, you know, on, on the radio for an hour and made up all kinds of lies about Russia and the U.S. and everything else. That basically is exactly what... The Kremlin propaganda talking points are. I don't know. Maybe that's just me.
3: Maybe you're the only one in favor of transparency. I don't know. Go figure.
1: I don't know. Uh, For those of you who who aren't listening live on KPFK, my apologies for uh, that digression. We're glad to have you here. My point is, we actually believe in democracy. Not autocracy, not war. We are anti-war. We are not in favor of invading sovereign nations. We are not, whether it's the U.S. invading them, whether it's Russian inv- Russia invading them, we don't have to make up excuses for them. We oppose wars of aggression by empires or by anywhere else for that matter. Yes, hey. we are
3: anti-imperialist no matter who does it.
1: Hi, Desi Doyen. And welcome to the broadcast. We've got another uh, very short pause today between hearings by the bipartisan January 6th committee investigating a Trump incited insurrection. And his other efforts to steal the 2020 presidential election from you and uh, and a few uh, primary and runoff elections that are happening on Tuesday in Virginia, Arkansas, Alabama, Georgia and a mayoral election in Washington, D.C. So during that pause, I would love to try to open up the phones today specifically to, yes, Republicans. No, I don't believe everyone needs to agree with me. No matter who you are, even if you're Tokyo Rose, I just want you—I just want to hear uh, hear you tell the truth, uh, whether I agree with you or not. And to that end, I'd love to hear from Republicans. I'm I'm always happy to hear from Trump supporters, specifically, since the lies that made Trump popular. Uh, have really been popular lies in the Republican Party for many years, long before Donald Trump. I'd love to hear from Republicans who still buy into those lies as to why. Don't worry. I don't bite. Hard. Uh, that as a number of intellectually honest, longtime and long revered conservatives in recent days have finally been uh, speaking out against the lies of the Republican Party and the dangers posed to our nation by the rising tide of anti-American authoritarianism being ushered in, sadly, by Trump and his supporters. So we'll get to those calls in a bit. But if you'd like to line up early, our phone number is 818-985-5735. I should note we are still in fun drive here at KPFK. So when you call in, if you want to talk to me, 818-985-5735, you would then hit the number one. If you would like to donate to uh, help keep this program on your public airwaves, dial that same phone number, 818-985-KPFK, and hit option number two to do exactly that. Your support in these difficult times is greatly appreciated. Now, uh, I know we've got a, a lot of listeners who support Republican policies and or Donald Trump because I hear from them a lot. Though mostly it's only after I've gone off air via email or Twitter, but I really would love to hear from you in person so we can try to have what is known as a conversation. I'm also open to uh, to hearing from former Republicans or even Democrats or independents who have been following the January 6 hearings to hear uh, about what you have either, A, learned so far that you did not know prior to the hearings, or B, would like to see come out of those hearings and then uh, C through Z anything else you want to uh, talk about. 818-985-KPFK. I'll get to some of those actually intellectual conservative honest, con- intellectually honest conservatives and uh, some extended thoughts from them in a moment. But very quickly, speaking of the J6 hearings, some related news as we head into a week featuring two more such hearings on Tuesday and on Thursday uh, which, of course, we will discuss in special coverage on this program each day shortly after uh, each day's proceedings come to a close. With the first full week of hearings for the House Select Committee's investigation into the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol now complete, nearly six in ten Americans, nearly 60 percent, believe that, Former President Donald Trump should be charged with a crime for his role in the incident. That, according to a new ABC News Ipsos poll, six in 10 Americans also believe the committee is conducting a fair and impartial investigation, according to the polls. Now, uh, according to this poll, are are you one of those folks who uh, might disagree with that? 818-985-5735. In the poll, which was conducted by Ipsos uh, with ABC, uh, 58% of Americans think Trump should be charged with a crime for his role in the riot. That's up from late April before the hearings began when uh, the, the same poll found 52% of Americans thought the former president should be charged. So the hearings are having an effect on the way Americans see uh, what should happen in response to January 6 and who should be held accountable for it. Nonetheless, attitudes on whether Americans think Trump is responsible for the attack on the U.S. Capitol as a bipartisan 57-43 majority of the U.S. Senate did after Trump's second impeachment trial. uh, Those numbers, uh, as far as who's responsible, remain relatively stable, the polling found in uh, the new poll. 58% of Americans think Trump bears a great deal or good amount of responsibility for the attack on the Capitol, 58%. That is unchanged from uh, the previous poll in their previous ABC Ipsos poll in December of last year uh, and a similar uh, similar to the findings of polling conducted just after the attack in January 2021. Naturally, the poll divides along party lines. Ninety one percent of Democrats think Trump should be charged with a crime compared to just 19 percent. Of Republicans. So are you one of those Republicans? If so, I would love to hear from you as to why. Why should Donald Trump not be charged for attempting to steal a presidential election? Uh, On whether Trump bears a great deal or a good amount of responsibility for the attack, 91% of Democrats and just 21% of Republicans say he does. Okay, I will bite. How is Trump not responsible for the worst attack on our democracy and the U.S. Capitol itself by domestic enemies in our nation's history? How? How would any other presidency have seen such an attack on our Capitol were it not for Donald Trump out there lying day after day, hour after hour, minute after minute, trying to hoax you into believing that the election was stolen? Uh, I don't know who else to blame. Um, For the record, among self-described independents, 62 percent think that Trump should be charged. Sixty one percent thinks he bears a great deal or a good amount of responsibility. But independents who listen to the broadcast may feel, well, differently. 818-985-5735 if you do. In related-ish January 6 news, Washington Post reported late last week that the Uh, J6 committee will now seek an interview with Ginny Thomas, the activist Republican wife of activist Republican Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, after learning that she was in close contact with John Eastman. The rogue activist Republican attorney who issued the controversial memos describing that uh, falsely that Vice President Mike Pence had the power to use his position as president of the Senate on January 6th to invalidate all by himself perfectly valid electoral college votes in order to help steal the election for Trump. As we learned during the uh, one of the hearings last week, Trump's top legal advisors at the White House At the DOJ and in his campaign, all felt that the scheme was unlawful and unconstitutional, as did a a longtime, very well-respected conservative federal judge, who I will get to in a second. As to the new revelations last week from Ginny Thomas, as it turns out, she not only barraged Trump's then chief of staff, Mark Meadows, encouraging him to do anything possible to overturn the results of the presidential election. She also sent emails to nearly 30 Arizona lawmakers, encouraging them To appoint Trump electors, even though Joe Biden won the state of Arizona. And as we learned on Wednesday night from The Washington Post, she was also in close touch with Eastman, a former clerk to her husband, Justice Clarence Thomas. As we subsequently learned from the New York Times, uh, Eastman may have been uh, or or Thomas himself may uh, Justice Thomas may have been informing Eastman about infighting among Supreme Court justices, debating on whether or not they should hear challenges from Republicans, from states that were trying to throw out the legitimate results cast by the uh, voters in 2020. So now, yes, Ginny's testimony is sought by the January 6th committee. Thomas has publicly indicated that she, quote, can't wait to appear before the committee after receiving their request by letter last week. So, yeah, we will see. Uh, As to the very conservative uh, colleagues of Justice Thomas, last week after his at times maddeningly slow testimony before the House committee, I discussed longtime federal appeals court judge J. Michael Luttig. He's a widely respected, very conservative former federal judge. Uh, Since his nomination by George H.W. Bush in 1991, he has often been compared to Justice Antonin Scalia and Clarence Thomas. He was frequently considered uh, twice considered by George W. Bush to be a Supreme Court nominee. And virtually all of Judge Ludwig's law clerks, 33 of 40 of them, have gone on to work for either Justice Thomas or Justice Scalia. So this is, you know, no lefty. Uh, He's very conservative, uh, a very conservative judge uh, to whom Vice President Pence turned to for advice as to whether it was legal or even constitutional for Mike Pence to block Joe Biden's Electoral College victory on January 6, 2021, and Ludig advised correctly that it was absolutely neither lawful nor constitutional. Prior to Ludig's testimony last Thursday before the committee, he released a must-read 12-page written statement which I will share just a bit of here today in hopes that, again, it may spur some Republicans or conservatives or independents to explain to me why they still support the scofflaw Republican Party and their scofflaw leader. A stake was driven through the heart of American democracy on January 6, 2021, Judge Ludwig wrote at the opening of his remarks, and our democracy today is on a knife's edge. America was at war on that fateful day, he wrote, but not against a foreign power. She was at war against herself. We Americans were at war with each other over our democracy. January 6th was but the next foreseeable battle in a war that had been raging in America for years, a war for America's democracy, a war irresponsibly instigated and prosecuted by the former president, his political party allies, and his supporters. A peaceful end to these wars is desperately needed, Judge Ludwig writes, and I concur. He says the settlement of this war over our democracy is necessary to the settlement of any war that will ever come to America, whether from her shores or to her shores. As a political matter of fact, only the party that instigated this war over our democracy— he's referring to the Republican Party here, can bring an end to that war. Judge Luddig went on to write about Trump and the Republicans' unlawful scheme. Quote, the treacherous plan was no less ambitious than to steal America's democracy, adding the former president's accountability under the law for the riot on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th is incidental to his responsibility and accountability for his attempt to steal the 2020 presidential election from the American people and thereby steal America's democracy from America herself. That same well-respected conservative judge was interviewed about his testimony uh, by NPR over the weekend. And I do want to make sure um, any self-described conservatives listening to this show, and as I noted, I know you're out there. And I hope you'll give me a call, 818-985-KPFK. I wanted to make sure that you hear some of Judge Ludwig's remarks with NPR calling on Republicans
4: to step up and do the right thing to save this country from Republicans. In his testimony this week, he said that almost two years after the riot at the U.S. Capitol, quote, "...Donald Trump and his allies and supporters are a clear and present danger to American democracy." Michael Ludig joins us now. Thank you for being with us.
2: Thank you, Adrian. It's a pleasure to be with you this afternoon.
4: You said in your testimony before the House Select Committee investigating the Capitol riot that we are in a war over our democracy, but that, quote, only the party that instigated this war can end it. You're talking about the Republican Party. So what's the first step to finding the the peaceful end to this war that you say our country needs?
2: I identified two wars that had been going on for at least two years. The second war is the war that I uh, termed the war for uh, America's democracy. And I said that that war for democracy began on January 6th, 2021. And I go on to say that through the, the, the logic of reconciliation that I propose, It's incumbent upon the Republican Party to begin the reconciliation process because the Republican Party was responsible for the instigation of that second war on January 6, 2021.
4: What does that reconciliation process look like?
2: What's required is a critical mass of our nation's leaders, from both parties, to summon the, the moral and, and political courage to extend, extend their hands to each other and then to their other colleagues and all of those colleagues then to extend their hands to America and acknowledge that America is in peril and that America needs their help.
4: Do you think that there is a meaningful constituency within your party, the Republican Party, that is willing to have good faith conversations about this? And if so, where are they?
2: That's the question. As of the day that I testified, Thursday, 2022, no, there are none. I'm not a politician. I don't do politics. But that's what I proposed happen. And, and it's with my fervent hope that some number of our elected leaders, at least, will hear the words that I spoke on, on Thursday and understand what I said, which is that they have a, an obligation, a high obligation that they undertake by oath to act in the interest of America and Americans in contrast to their own personal political interests.
4: If you look at the most recent primaries, pro-Trump candidates are are still competing across the country and winning on the lie that there was election fraud in 2020. In in Nevada, an election denier uh, won the GOP nomination for secretary of state, the post that runs elections. And Nevada is likely to be a very important swing state in 2024. So how do you build trust in our democracy, in the idea that we can uh, get to a better place in our country, when you have people at these important high levels who are denying the 2020 election results still?
2: You you, you don't and you can't. And that's why uh, I testified Thursday that the former president and his party are today a clear and present danger For American democracy. And not merely that, but they pledged to execute the same blueprint, as I called it, uh, in 2024 that they attempted in 2020. But their every intention is, if they do execute on that plan in 2024, that they will win in 2024, where they failed in 2020.
4: Do you think that the January 6th hearings that are going on right now might actually sort of break through and encourage politicians to maybe start to stand up on this issue?
2: I'm a former judge and a lawyer. And to my knowledge, I've I've never spoken publicly uh, a single word of of, of politics. Hmm. So count me as as cynical as to politics and all politicians do i think that maybe these hearings can break through to some uh to some american patriots who are currently our political leaders uh i i hope with all all my heart and soul that that the hearings will break through to those those political leaders
1: so that was former uh, Judge J. Michael Luttig, very long time, very conservative, uh, Republican appointed appeals court. So is he wrong when he says that there are uh, none, there are no Republican leaders right now willing to do and say what needs to be done to save America and American democracy itself? Is that true? Can that be? Is it up to Republicans to do the right thing here, or am I missing something entirely? Is all of this somehow the Democrats' fault? If so, 818-985-KPFK is our phone number, 818-985-5735, hit number one when you call. If you're not a Republican or if you're an independent, what would you like Republican voters to understand about all of this that you just don't think that they're getting? Uh, It's my belief, uh, which you know well if you listen to this program, that Republicans have been lied to over and over again, not just in the past two years, as Ludwig describes, but for the last 40 years or more about the country, about our politics, our elections and our Constitution. Uh, We'll take a a quick break shortly and then we'll come back with some of your uh, some of your thoughts on all of this. Uh, But one more clip I want to share because it's about exactly that, about, about exactly how Republicans have been lied to and, yes, brainwashed, groomed, if you will, for years by Fox News and right wing talk radio and Republican politicians to believe these lies uh, You know, it lies as big or arguably bigger than the false claims that the 2020 election was stolen from them. And it was those lies that made them such easy marks for Trump's big lie about the election and his subsequent fleecing of those very same groomed supporters to scam them out of some two hundred and fifty million dollars, a quarter of a mil, a billion dollars. Uh, supposedly to fight to defend an election that he had no actual intent of using to, you know, defend that election for a false official defense, uh, 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 official election defense fund that didn't actually exist, as we heard from the January 6th committee last week. Now, this commentary that I want to play here before we go to the break and then come back to your calls uh, is from a longtime conservative Republican, a guy by the name of James Killen. It was published over the weekend, headlined Former Conservative Issues Urgent Message to Young Conservatives. And and if you might consider yourself one of them, I hope you will listen closely here. And then, of course, if you would like, call in and tell me why James Killen is wrong. Now, I see people are calling in who have some questions about uh, uh, the election, election fraud itself as pushed by Trump and his supporters. I'll take those calls as well if you hang on. But uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on all of this, including what James Killen has to say, uh, you know, or maybe even why he he is right or why he is wrong, particularly if you were one of those Republicans who has since learned how for so many years uh, your party has been scamming you and grooming you to vote against your own best interests, as Killen also notes in his commentary.
0: If you're a young conservative, I need you to stop what you're doing right now and listen to me. Don't brush me off, don't get triggered and ignore me, because 20 years ago, I was you. I was convinced the United States was being taken over by radicals, leftists, communists, and I couldn't see the forest for the trees. I spent years of my life advocating for privatization to get the government out of the way of the free market, promoting the rugged individualism that professed, you know, I'm more successful because I worked hard and, and I made better choices. What I realize now and what I hope you realize long before I did is the fight you think you're fighting is manufactured. It isn't real. You've been fed lies about our nation's history, our fiscal and monetary system, our education system, and our economic system. That's the reason why people on the left don't make any sense to you. It's because you aren't arguing with the same foundation of facts. You have been indoctrinated to believe America is something that it isn't. America is not ordained by God, it's not infallible, and it's not the country that every other country emulates. And no one's trying to destroy the United States either. The global economic ramifications alone make it an imperative that the United States is successful. Even on the world stage, countries like China and Iran need the United States economy. No one is trying to turn you into a subject of the United States government or the United Nations for that matter either. All of that is complete BS. The United States government, it's comprised of people just like us, from mail carriers to FBI agents, military, police, firefighters, teachers, a majority of our elected officials all the way to the top levels of administrations like the VA, Social Security Administration, and the Department of Education all normal, everyday folks like me and you. Yes, some of them are more corrupt than others, but they're human. But they're literally, they're us. And I don't know about you, but in my experience as a civilian executive, as a military officer, as an individual who worked directly with cabinet secretaries and their staffs, and now as a small business owner, 99% of folks are less interested in trying to control the world than they are trying to keep their kids out of jail and away from heroin and meth. American conservatism is grounded in fear. And while you may fit one or all of these, they are the defining hallmarks of American conservatism. The fear that the social security that that you've paid into isn't gonna be there when you get older. The fear that the country that you've been told your entire life is the greatest country in the world actually has things that it needs to change or adapt so that we can grow and meet this century's challenges. The fear there's some global conspiracy trying to subjugate the American people or the education system is somehow indoctrinating your children to become radical socialist. And for some, it's the fear, conscious or subconscious, that the culture you're used to, the heterosexual Anglo-Saxon Christian culture, is being pushed to the side in favor of multiculturalism. And for some others, yes, it's a fear of the coming white minority in the United States. That fear inside you, when you look at your bank or your retirement account, or you think about your kids growing up in America that doesn't look like the one you grew up in, that has nothing to do with Democrats, minorities, immigrants, the LGBTQ plus community, or any other sociological factor. You've been told your entire life that everyone is an individual and that you alone are responsible for your success in life and, and that taking handouts from the government makes you a bad person, or worse yet, it makes you weaker or incapable or that pride you feel because you have a better health insurance plan than someone else. You know, those ideas are just wrong. The narrative you've been fed your whole life is just that. It's a narrative and it isn't true. Despite what charlatans like Glenn Beck and Hannity and Shapiro and Levin have told you for years, if not decades, you aren't in competition with your neighbor for scarce resources. If we're going to continue to thrive as a country, hell, as a species, we need to start working together and throw out this whole rugged individualism that might have been a badge of honor in 1815, but today it just looks selfish and unnecessary. And I'm not saying anything other than we need to work together, so don't straw man my words here, but seriously think about it. Think about what this narrative has you believing. You'll you'll eventually start to see how the titans of the early 20th century have us trained as laborers, like why our school system is so bent on perfect attendance, because that translates to a good worker. Why are we taught to never quit something that we don't like? Because as adults, we're conditioned to accept the fact that we're unhappy and get up and go to work anyway. Why do we want to keep the minimum wage low? Because it makes us feel good to say we earn $20 or $30 or more an hour. Ignoring that your CEO makes 350 times that. But at least you don't make minimum wage, right? You know, I used to rail against minimum wage, saying it meant minimum skill and people should just pull themselves up by their bootstraps and learn to make themselves more marketable to employers. Employers don't want minimum wage to rise because that cuts into their golden parachute. If minimum wage had kept up with worker productivity, minimum wage would be $27 an hour right now. Today in 2022, $27 an hour is a great job by all standards. But if you make $27 an hour today and we had kept up, You'd be making closer to 100. Your fight isn't about guns. It isn't about protecting the United States from communism or socialism. It isn't about preventing the LGBTQ community from sexualizing your children. And it isn't about an invasion of immigrants from our southern border. It's about power. And you aren't the one pulling the strings of power. Primarily because you're too busy trying to get your kid to ball practice. You're cannon fodder for the folks who buy politicians and corrupt our system for their own personal gain if you started a business and you were successful and you took care of your people who work for you and you crushed it you're amazing and i absolutely admire you if you started a business crushed your competition squeezed out every competitor and now account for almost 50 percent of the market and claim a net worth greater than the gdp of several countries on earth eh, you're definitely on my list of horrible human beings 60 years ago the average ceo made 20 times what the lowest paid full-time employer, worker made in the company Today, it's 350 times. And before you think I'm demonizing the wealthy, I'm not. I'm demonizing the folks who created this system in the United States. The Rockefellers, the Carnegies, the JP Morgans, and the corrupt politicians who are all too eager to get theirs, knowing full well the rest of America is suffering under an unsustainable economic system. You've been lied to. You've been lied to your entire life, just like I was. Do Americans need to be productive? Yes, absolutely. We need to ensure our society has what it needs and there is absolutely no possible way to ensure every American can live stress-free and in the lap of luxury. Are there gonna be people who benefit more than others? Yes, absolutely. That's just the way it works. But should we have folks going bankrupt because their kid needs a bone marrow transplant? No. Should folks be sleeping under an overpass because they made a series of bad life decisions that only lend themselves to more bad life decisions? No, absolutely not. Should a single mom work in two jobs or three jobs like mine did in order to make sure her kids at least had ketchup sandwiches when they got home from school? No. Now let me flip that around. Should an oil company's sole purpose be to generate a profit for shareholders at the expense of every other American? No, absolutely not. Should a CEO who invented a new product or technology benefit from such a breakthrough? Hundred percent, absolutely. But should that benefit be accumulating more wealth than can be consumed in ten lifetimes? It's ludicrous. Should a company be allowed to funnel obscene amounts of profit to politicians in order to ensure their interest are placed above the interest of the rest of the country? Hey, you can fluff out here with that nonsense. Now, I hate to burst your bubble, conservatives, but you're fighting against your own best interest and the best interest of 320 million Americans in order to protect the accumulated wealth of a few million Americans who not only don't give two shits about you, they're going to be fine whether you prosper or not. Now, let that sink in the next time you enter a voting booth and think you're saving America from the commies. Because you're not. Matter of fact, all you're doing is allowing billionaires and corrupt politicians to piss on your head and try to convince you it's raining.
1: Former conservative James Killen, former young Republican James Killen with that urgent message to young Republicans. Will they hear it? Don't know. But that's why we played it, because we know those young conservatives listen to this program. Now, do they have the courage to call in and support their convictions, 818-985-5735. You have been lied to, as James Killen says, uh, by people who are fighting to trick you into voting against your own best interests. So are you still on board with what with what the Republicans are selling you? If so, call in and tell me why. Are you unimpressed with what you're learning from the January 6 hearings? Well, I would love to know why as well. And if you're a former Republican who has overcome The lies that the party as a whole has been selling for so many years, grooming you to believe, well, call in to let me know uh, what shook you out of your trance. 818-985-5735. And yes, even if you're a Democrat or an independent or anything else, I will take your calls on all of the above. Uh, You know, if we want this dumb, pointless, destructive to all of us and democracy itself civil war to end, We've got to start discussing it somehow, some way, somewhere. Maybe we can do it here. 818-985-KPFK. You can also, uh, if if you don't have the courage to call in, you can uh, drop a comment on Twitter. I am the Brad Blog on Twitter. 818-985-5735. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back to your calls. I'm Brad Friedman, and you are listening to the Bradcast. <laughs>
3: What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks.
5: Equal justice under law, that's the noble principle carved into the marble facade of the Supreme Court building. Today, though, six right-wing corporate-dominated activist judges control the present court, and they're implementing an elitist creed mocking that ideal. By putting the interests and power of the wealthy over the rest of us, they're turning justice into an anti-democratic concept of just us. In ruling after ruling, today's Supremes are political operatives taking power from the many to further empower and enrich the few. One huge change occurred in 2010 when the five Republican judges decreed that corporations be given a constitutional right to spend unlimited sums of their cash to dominate our elections and to pack our courts with judges who serve them. Sure enough, a majority of Supremes are now in harness to the corporate agenda. Consider their constant push to rig the rules against workers. While the federal judiciary has aided corporate bosses for decades by chipping away at hard-won legal protections for working families, the chisel has become a jackhammer in the last few years. The Supreme Court's Republican majority routinely pounds precedence, logic, truth, and the Constitution itself to demolish the structural pillars of labor rights and organizing. In a 2018 case, for example, the GOP judges undermined the funding of unions by arbitrarily striking down their process for collecting dues, a practice the court itself had authorized 41 years earlier. As Justice Elena Kagan bluntly put it, there was no reason for the court to barge into this matter of long-settled law except that the Republican majority simply didn't like the previous decision and overruled it, quote, because it wanted to. This is Jim Hightower saying, This is not justice, it's raw politics by black-robed partisans, supplanting America's hallowed rule of law with their own anti-labor whim. The Hightower Radio Lowdown is made possible by you lowdowners who subscribe to our monthly newsletter. The Hightower Lowdown. You know who you are. Thank you.
2: Donald Trump and his allies and supporters are a clear and present danger to American democracy. That's not because of what happened on January 6th. It's because to this very day, the former president, his allies and supporters pledge that they would attempt to overturn that 2024 election but succeed in 2024, where they failed in 2020.
5: Uncivil war, uncivil war, how long must we fight this uncivil war? Good question.
1: Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Like I said, I know you Republicans are out there. I know you listen to this show because I hear from you all the time via email. My email, by the way, bradcast at bradblog.com, though it's usually after the show is over. Love to hear from you right now. 818-985-KPFK. Let's get to some of your calls. Let me go to uh, Joe, who has been holding for quite a bit uh, from Laguna Woods. Hey, Joe, welcome to the Bradcast, sir. What's up, my friend?
6: Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, Yes, but I have a Couple Two main things. Okay. The first one is, did you see 2,000 Mule?
1: I have seen, uh, I would not pay the $20 that was required uh, for these uh, fraudsters, because these literally are fraudsters who I've known for many, many years. One of them, the director, was actually uh, pled guilty to several federal election fraud crimes himself before he was uh, pardoned by Donald Trump. So I didn't want to give him my 20 bucks, but I have seen uh, most of it through other means. What questions can I answer about it?
6: Do you think the geotracking data and the video is legitimate?
1: Well, I think the geotracking data is actual geotracking data. Yes, I don't think it shows anything like what the uh, filmmakers lie to you and tell you that it shows you. As far as the video goes, the security camera video goes, you probably note, well, I don't know if you noticed or not, but did you notice that all of the people that they called mules who were delivering thousands and thousands and thousands of fraudulent ballots, they the filmmakers claim, uh, are never seen doing so more than once, despite the fact that they have the security camera footage from the drop boxes where they claim these uh, so-called mules were repeatedly returning uh, day after day, and, and returning a hundred, uh, tens and thousands of ballots. Did you notice that, Joe?
6: Yeah. I, and I wanted, to, you know, a lot of things, uh, we, we definitely disagree on the, the overall credibility. I found the movie very credible, and I've watched it several times.
1: What did you find credible about it, Joe?
6: That it was recorded at 3 o'clock in the morning, one individual going to dozens of drop stations.
1: Did they show them but, to you?
6: Yes, the geotracking data is very specific. Did they
1: show you the did they show you to. did they show you the video?
6: Yes. Of of a, a of someone the going location by location of these guys.
1: A, a, they showed you a video of someone going more than once to any Dropbox that they claimed were visited thousands of times by the very same people.
6: I can't say that. I can't right. like one guy they didn't show him here's at this box here, he is at that box. Right, you're, you're right about that. Yeah,
1: and and listen, Joe, they have the specific geo tracking data. They know exactly when these supposed mules were supposedly at these drop boxes, so they were able to get security camera video. But they were not able to show you exactly, show you ever any so-called mule visiting more than once? Aren't you suspicious about that? Because the FBI and the Georgia Bureau of Investigations uh, were certainly suspicious about it. They said, we see no evidence of crime uh, in any of this data.
6: Yeah, and that's um, still very compelling. But the mention in the FBI, and uh, we, we differ on that, like I identified, but Are you aware of what a false flag is, a false flag operation?
1: Of course I am.
6: And are you aware that the FBI representative testifying about January 6th to the U.S. Senate when asked, did the FBI have agents that committed violent criminal acts that day, Uh a woman named Jill Sanborn representing our U.S. FBI? said, Mm -hmm. Sir, I cannot answer that question.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Because she didn't That's know
6: very disturbing to me because she didn't uh, know
1: uh, are are you saying Not because uh, she didn't yeah go ahead not
6: because she didn't know I, I thought I'd interrupt that what's the talk no no go ahead it's not because she didn't know it's because ninety nine point nine percent she does know and they were criminal guys like Ray Epps there. That walks around as a free man after he's on video saying, "Listen to me. Tomorrow we're going inside the Capitol." Right. And a whole crowd. Did you see that video where the whole crowd starts chanting "Fed, Fed, Fed"?
1: I- I've did seen see a whole. I've seen a whole lot of video, including a whole lot of very specific so, video of the so Proud so Boys. Yeah.
6: Did, so this Ray Epps. Did you see him when the crowd yelled him down that he's a Fed trying to? T- Create a false flag operation? Uh,
1: I don't know. I might have some months ago. Now, early on, when that was uh, being pushed by a lot of uh, folks trying to claim that this was somehow an FBI operation to fight, despite the fact that we've got all of these uh, people, including their own footage from the Proud Boys, from the Oath Keepers, who admitted to instigating these attacks and uh, riling up the crowds in order to help help them go into the Capitol. A great video to that end, by the way, over the weekend from uh, from the New York Times, an extraordinary video pointing out specifically within those crowds of thousands of people where the leaders of the Proud Boys were at each point, guys like Joe Biggs, and how they were the ones who helped take down the, uh, the barriers to allow the crowds to then surge forward.
6: The black Puerto Rican that the New York Times says is a white supremacist, is that the guy you're referring to?
1: Uh, the black Puerto Rican who the—I uh, don't—Enrique uh, uh, Tarrio? Puerto
6: Rican, uh,
1: is, that, uh, is that Enrique Tarrio you're talking about?
6: I, yeah, I believe so. Yeah,
1: he's he was the head of the Proud Boys. He was not there that day.
6: New York Times called them a white supremacist. So, if, if New York Times is your reference for a reliable source, you might want to revisit that. But, um, well, hey. no,
1: the the Proud Boys are white nationalists. There is no question about it. They admit that, and you can see them throughout uh, January six holding up the white power sign. That's what they do. that's actually their oath of of joining the club. you talk about uh, in in the oath itself it talks about how uh, you know Western Europeans are the most important and only important people in the world.
6: mentioned in video the u s taxpayers paid for the cameras paid for the installation and maintenance of Thousands of hours of video that was recorded on January 6th that Pelosi and the cabal refused to release to us. Are you comfortable with that level of censorship? I am not. uh,
1: I I am not familiar with that claim that they are unwilling to release that video. I know that hours and hours and hours have been shared with the uh, January 6th committee. They have shared many of those hours themselves. If you want to get at more of that video, please do.
6: Yeah, I wish I could, but um, yeah, yeah we, okay. hearing, hearing yourself—and and I don't mean to like, be disrespectful to you. I, I served in the U.S. maybe 30 years defending the Constitution. Thank I'm, you, sir. I'm, I guess, an old conservative. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but to be reading script that seems very blatant to me of—you know, there's two sides. To, there's three or four sides to every argument, but, no. but the level of censorship going on in this country— for Putin to say that America today looks like Russia in 1921 is, is well, very relevant to me and rings and rings right. true.
1: Well, for, for, for you to take anything from uh, what Putin has to say right now as he, uh, I hope it rings true to you how much it is like when uh, Germany marched into Poland or Czechoslovakia or anywhere else for you to, to cite uh, Putin as an authority on democracy. Sir, as someone who hey, fought sir. in our armed uh, forces, surely you know better than that.
6: No, we have the same enemy. It's called an empire of lies, and and you seem very aligned with that. But are you aware in 2014, (laughs) when Putin was hosting the Olympics in Sochi, yeah. There in the stadium, Victoria Nuland was overthrowing Ukraine. No. Violently.
1: No, Victoria Newland was not overthrowing state. anything. And 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 I I really do appreciate the conversation, Joe. And I I don't mean to rush you off, but I've taken I don't know five or six or ten questions from you here. We'll do it again yeah. in the future, I promise. No, Victoria Newland was not overthrowing anything uh, during the Maidan uh, Revolution. But uh, Joe, let's keep the conversation going, okay? Thank you, Thank sir. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your time. Thank okay. you. Appreciate yours. Uh, let me go to uh, one more here before we get to a break. Miguel in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, hey, Miguel. I got uh, just a minute or so before I have to get to a hard break. Oh, Miguel. Oh, well, I think we lost Miguel. All right. Let's take a let's take that hard break now 818-985-5735 we will come back with more of your calls. Uh Mike, I hope that's our friend Mike in LA. We'll try to get to you and anyone else 818-985-5735 as time allows. You are listening to the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. <laughs> and thanks.
5: not do, this, don't do that. Can't you read the signs? Can't
1: you read the signs? Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com 818-985-KPFK is our phone number. If you're a Republican out there, you heard uh, our previous caller, it didn't hurt anyone. We uh, we had a, a reasonably civil uh, a civilized conversation. 818-985-KPFK. Let me pay uh a play just uh, now I don't even have time for this. Do I have time? This is where we're going. U.S. Senate candidate Eric Greitens, U.S. Senate candidate from Missouri. He's their former governor. He resigned in disgrace uh, because it was uh, discovered that he had assaulted a woman in his basement with whom he was having an affair, tied her up, took photographs of her and uh, threatened to blackmail her. He had to step down as governor because of it, but now he's running for U.S. Senate. And see where all of this is going? Here is Eric Greiton for U.S. Senate, his new ad for uh, the U.S. Senate uh, GOP primary.
2: I'm Eric Greiton's Navy SEAL, and today we're going rhino hunting.
1: The rhino feeds on
5: corruption and is marked by the stripes of cowardice.
4: Join the MAGA crew.
5: Get a rhino hunting permit. There's no bagging limit, no tagging limit, and it doesn't expire until we save our country.
1: Now, if you don't know, Rhino stands for Republican in Name Only. A Republican U.S. Senate candidate, former governor, is talking about hunting former Republicans with uh, assault weapons, as you heard in there, as he breaks into a house and starts firing him and a bunch of other people. They're talking about killing other Republicans. If they're willing to do that, imagine how far they are willing to go. Uh, Anyway, uh, let me go to Mike in L.A. Hey, Mike, welcome to the broadcast, sir.
7: Hey, Brad. Speaking as a former Republican, I'm going back into the 1960s to do that. Uh-huh. I think of something very illustrative about your previous caller. You notice how hard... You had to work to pin him down and get him off of a lie at the beginning of his call?
1: Well, you know, I, not only did I notice that, but I know, did you notice how far the goalposts move? He called in. He, wanted, he had some questions whether I had seen that uh, that that propaganda movie, two, 2,000 Mules. By the time we were done with the conversation, we were talking about uh, uh, Vladimir Putin in 2014. He had to keep moving down the line because I had responses to all of his his, his comments, yeah.
7: This illustrates my major point, which is that whenever you see a poll telling you what percentage of Republicans believe something, you got to put that believes in some big quote marks with lots of asterisks because it's like, uh, well, as that great philosopher William Quad uh, Fields told us, you cannot cheat an honest man. People who are invested emotionally into this sort of tribalism Ford versus Chevy, USC versus UCLA, uh, the sort of guy that on a playing field will dishonor himself by trying to maintain something that's obviously false, mm. as long as that may uh, an advantage for his side. Yep. That's a lot of people in the Republican Party these days.
1: Yeah, it really is. And they really have been groomed to believe out-and-out lies to the point where they're willing to give
7: $250
1: million, a quarter of a billion dollars, to Donald Trump's Official Election Defense Fund, which, as it turns out, does not exist. They were scammed and... They don't seem to care. Thanks, Mike, for the call. Always good to hear from you, my friend. Very
7: expensive, let's pretend.
1: Yeah, it really is. Thanks, brother. Good to hear from you. Stay safe out there. Des, you had a thought before we got out? fascinating
3: because, yeah, that was exactly what I had been thinking throughout this entire hour, that I didn't think that um, those who are the deepest into the Trump cult will be persuaded by what they see in the January 6 hearings because I think they know that Trump lies to them. I think they know the Republican Party lies to them, but they seem to like it. They seem to enjoy being part of the big lie um, that, you know, it's like that's what their tribe does. And so they're up with whatever their tribe does. And that gives them their, their sense of belonging, I guess.
1: I guess. I mean, I can't even... Uh, You know, I I don't even understand that thinking. And mind you, you know, I'm not a Democrat. When I see uh, Democrats lying to the American people, I'm more than happy to call them out. What I haven't seen is Democrats actually attacking our democracy. At that point, that's when it gets really partisan for me. And not because I'm a fan of Democrats, not because I'm a Democrat, but there is one of two parties, as you heard Republican Judge Lutig talking about earlier in the show, uh, there is one of the two major parties that is actually attacking democracy itself. And at that point, if we don't stand up and call out those who are doing so, even those, you know, presumably on the side of progressivism, as you heard me do at the top of the show, if we don't do that, if we are not willing to do that, then all indeed is lost. Not on my watch. Not as long as I still have something to say about it. I got to get out. Uh, My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to my board operator today, Gary Baca. Thank you, Gary. And to all of you who spent a portion of your day or night with us and called in as well. If you missed any portion of today's show. Download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Drop me email if you like. I know I'll hear from you a lot of uh, from a lot of you now via email. I am Bradcast at Bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the BradBlog. See you there until we see you here next time. Hopefully tomorrow. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.